good evening and good day or good afternoon, wherever you are on this beautiful planet. This is Richard C. Hoagland, The Other Side of Midnight. And tonight we have two very special guests that I'm so honored to introduce. The show is about 5G technology. I'm Kinthea, your host and producer of the show. And the title of the show, if you're looking for it, is 5G Apocalypse, the Extinction Event. Our guest tonight, we have two, is Sasha Stone and Thomas J. Brown. So I want to welcome our honored guests. Hello, Sasha and Bali. How are you? Cynthia, delightful to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I'm going to introduce the audience to you. I'll start out with a a little bit of background, and then we'll go deeper. So you are a former rock musician and artist. Satya Stone grew up in Rhodesia, Zimbabwe, throughout the War of Independence. He established Humanitad in 1999. After conducting a five-year diplomatic campaign, he engaged Humanitad upon the both NGO and IGO playing fields as an outspoken advocate of human rights and natural justice. He has instigated peace initiatives and education programs and has lobbied against human rights abuses in different parts of the globe and continues to prosecute for the protection of breakthrough innovators, scientists, and doctors. Sacha founded New Earth Project, New Earth Nation, the world's most integrated movement, promulgating sustainable, sovereign, and self-determining communities. It operates as a universal trust in engaging micronations by treaty and exists outside of fictitious enclosures dreamt up by self-serving corporation, governments, and institutions. He is also the founder of the ITNJ International International Tribunal for Natural Justice, which launched under multilateral observership in June of 2015, a ceremonial seating and ratification ceremony at the Westminster Central Hall in London on the 800th anniversary of the signing of the Magna Carta. This new planetary court is committed to the dispensation of natural justice and adherence to the rule of law. The ITNJ launched the Judicial Commission of inquiry into human trafficking and child sex abuse at Westminster Central Hall in London in spring of 2018. The commission continues to hear witness testimonies from survivors and expert witnesses from around the globe via online virtual court seatings. It will issue a formal commission report in 2019 for the edification of the public at large as well as governments, policing agencies and military intelligence community, all of which are variously complicit in the crimes against humanity via compartmentalized elements within their own institution. Sasha is an activist, public speaker, publisher, writer, 
and filmmaker. And I have to say, Sasha, I am so honored to have you as a guest tonight. I am so impressed by your film, The 5G Apocalypse, an Extinction Event. And I'm sure the audience, as well as I, would like to know what led you on this journey. What brought you to where you are now? Well, Kinsia, my my background is is very straightforward. I was born and bred in the Rhodesian War, uh, Zimbabwean War for Independence, but the country at that time was known as Rhodesia in Africa. So mm-hmm. for the first first fifteen, sixteen years of my life, I was effectively a, a, a war child, and uh, for the following ten years of my life, I was effectively a refugee, um, living as a stateless um, uh, person in the United Kingdom. Uh, where uh, my sister and I were given sanctuary after the war in, in Africa and after we left Africa. Um, so from war child to refugee, that, that really um, sums up the first quarter century of my life. Um, and I then got involved in the rock and roll um, business and became a, a musician with a rock and roll band with some success and um, engaged my primal scream at that time uh, through through loud noise loud noises on stage and lots of dazzling lights and that was great for a time didn't quite satiate my uh, contempt for authority sufficiently so i uh, decided to put away guitars and pick up um a different kind of um different kind of weapon which was really the business of trying to identify and uh, uh, analyze and then identify what was behind the engineering of war and disease and poverty in this world because I'd seen so much of it uh, in my youth uh, mm-hmm. and that is always something which always been something which drove me like a primal fire um, you you know as a as a kid if you grow up in in, in a war um, and you're seeing all this pandemonium this madness going on about you and the archetypes that emerge in your life are these very patriarchal very metallic very aggressive sounds and noises and textures um it has a very powerful effect on the on the formative child and i see that now of course mm-hmm. at the time i didn't um but then you either go mad later in life because those tones those imprints um became the basis of your own expression in life so you mm-hmm. either end mad or defaulting into those patterns yourself by perpetuating the abuses into the world that were perpetuated upon you as a, as a, as a youth. And, um, or you don't, or you begin the process of absolving the, the grotesquerie of, of that and you begin to absolve it and into a higher expression, a different expression. And I think, um, to my credit as a as a as a youth, I did make that determination in my mid twenties that I would um, that I would change the patterns mm-hmm. and work towards transmuting them. So I established Humanitad as a peace foundation when I retired early from from rock and roll, and I had some access, some real access at that time, uh, to political figures and celebrity figures um, because of the circles I was moving in, and I determined to make use of <clears throat> of those circles of influence to. Um, launched my peace foundation, Humanitas, and after a five-year diplomatic um, uh, um, uh, journey, meeting with religious and political leaders, um, I was educated sufficiently um, to learn that peace was not factored into the business model 
of the status quo and that I would be wasting my time and a great deal of energy and good intention by simply going out there and banging a drum for peace and fellowship and intercultural, interfaith harmony and all that stuff. And I then got pulled into trying to understand what was really behind the curtain. Um, and that led me into understanding Babylonian mysterium cult and the blood sacrificial nonsense that appears to underpin the civilizational narrative, um, all of which is very clearly codified in history and archaeology and, and so on. Um, and that, that's where I'm at today, a, a seasoned uh, a frontline activist um, in, in truthing and in um, not just making loud noises, but then establishing um, tangible platforms upon which people of the world can manifest the change that we desire. And when I talk about people of the world, I'm making a distinction here between uh, the living men and women of the living soil, as I prefer to put it, uh, versus the technocrats and bureaucrats, official dim uh, people who choose to wear costumes and wear, wear masks, uh, hide behind fictions. I'm not I'm not um, um, deriding people who wear uniforms. Um, many, many hundreds of millions of us uh, are in vocations where we have to uh, wear uniforms. But that really raises the question, do we have to wear uniforms and costumes and hide behind corporate fictions, which are masquerading as governments and health authorities and, you know, and so on and so on. So really, at the end of the day, I, I am standing here and standing firm in what I uh, happily call the flame of pure truth, conducting right action on behalf of the living men and women of the living soil. It doesn't ever get more complicated than that. Hmm. I'm struck by the essence of your being that chose to come to such a difficult childhood and then rose into, you know, being a, a musician where you would make all these connections that would serve your ability to bring forth the important questions and to have an influence because, you know, the musicians of the world, they are creating mantras that we're singing to ourselves always. And it's interesting to me to observe how you have positioned yourself and the wisdom that you've brought forth to be able to take on such a huge challenge, I, it's, uh, it's profound. I have to say it's profound. And because, you know, it's there, a survival mechanism, isn't it? It's survival, right. really. But you see, in, in, the, in the Western world here in the United States, too many of us have it too easy. You know, we've never really known war. War happened over there in Europe or it happened over there in Vietnam. But in America, it hasn't happened really on our soil since, you know, since the Civil War. So the current generations are, they don't really appreciate the freedoms that they have or the illusion of the freedom they have because we could go another way that way. But they don't carry the depth of, perception that you're bringing to this and I think society today needs a real strong wake-up call a very strong wake-up call and this is what your film so moved me is that you're presenting facts in a way that you cannot deny what's there and you you know as I watch that film I'm asking myself 
how could we allow the government to, to just, you know, blatantly disregard the health of its citizens? So I'm, I'm jumping ahead too far, but I, uh, I'm I'd so like grateful. Add, Please, I'd go like ahead. Thank you. I want to patch in a couple of things because I've got a notoriously short memory and I don't want to forget them. But you're raising some wonderful questions for me along the way. In the first instance, let's just look back at what you said earlier about the, the good people of, 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 of North America who have been, in a sense, um, asleep at the wheel for a, a very long time with respect to war disease and poverty and the promulgation of war and disease and poverty and the engineering of war and disease and poverty um, as it threads and snakes its way around the rest of the world. More or less, North America is removed from that pathology, more or less. I mean, we could talk about mm -hmm. inner cities, talk about poverty in the United States, which is also endemic. Disease is endemic, courtesy mostly of the pharmaceutical industry, uh, curiously mm -hmm. enough. But but it's perfectly true that North America is largely asleep at the wheel. Let's call it the West. The G20 countries are largely asleep at the wheel, whilst 85-90% uh, of the world is suffering, um, unbelievably so, at the hands of those, uh, the G20 countries, the, the wealthiest countries. And the irony, of course, is that it's the tax dollars of the blessed people of North America, which underwrite, systemically underwrite, 75, 80% of all the war, disease, and poverty, which is being perpetrated in the world today. So there's the crushing irony and the energetic exchange of a good people of America being asleep at the wheel through a kind of civilizational dissonance, a cultural dissonance, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. has been inserted as a civilizational software by this very Babylonian mysterium cult logic. Uh, which has prevailed courtesy largely of the Vatican complex, the Anglo-American corporation, central banking, and the way that the global corporatocracy is actually structured in respect of poisoning people's minds, bodies, and soul um, through the dream spell machine of Hollywood, through the dream spell machine of academia, through the uh, systemic poisoning of the air, soil, and water by the agrochemical industries and the pharmaceutical and petrochemical industries and so on. That all is a perfect cocktail to in, induce civilizational stupor, civilizational torpor, where we are literally asleep at the wheel. And we've got folks driving that behemoth. The United States was set up, engineered by the English crown to be very reductive in the historical context. North America was engineered as a weapon in order to, A, hybridize humanity into a, a potpourri of the human gene expression, which is now perfectly arisen in North America. You have every gene type, every cultural type, every interfaith type in North America. It is the perfect potpourri of the human condition, the human experiment, so to speak. And then behind that, you have a uh, occultist uh, agendas, which have variously been threaded together to drive the civilizational engineering, the social engineering of that, uh, that creature. But it's, it's, it's curious, is it not, that the blessed people of North America are underwriting the war, disease, and poverty that they're inured against in the main. Right, and they have no awareness that they're doing it. In fact, they're so oblivious to it that they, they create... I would say, you know, the inner city wars, if they really had a sense of 
what we're really doing, they would turn their attention to to the bigger picture. But because they don't have that, they're asleep, then they're focused on their daily uh, contradictions within their groups. You know, it's I, I just sometimes I wonder what will it take for us to wake up? What will it take for us to wake up? It'll take the perfect geometry of now for us mm-hmm. to wake up. If, if, if and where each of us individually engage what I call the flame of pure truth in the moment, in the present moment, for one perfect moment in time, to mm-hmm. apprehend the sheer fact that everything that I project outwardly, that I'm seeing in the universe, is an extension of self. All of the bogeymen, all of the shadow, all of the grotesquerie that is projected into the holonomic field in front of me is a perfect geometry uh, from the vantage point of my uh, soul's stream, my soul's expression. And when I own that, I'm entering into a different quanta. At that point, I'm then able to manifest different outcomes. I'm no longer subject to or victim of what I'm seeing out there. See, most of us wake up in the day and complain and bitch like hell about what we see and what's out there and what comes at us. But that's wrong action. We should never be doing that. We should be apprehending the fact that everything external to actualized self is a perfect mirror of the unresolved aspects of self. And if I own that in one perfect moment in time, a very unique form of alchemy occurs. This is where the flame of truth ignites within actualized self. I don't want to get too woolly in my, in my, in my talking here, I can fear, but I'm, this is the best I can offer is, is okay. this is re- the real alchemy of being and of transmuting the outcome. So when we talk about what can we do to wake up from being asleep at the wheel, the answer is to wake up from being asleep at the wheel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have that I in get, the <laughs> All right. I, I get that. And the question then comes up like, okay, I, I see you as very awake. And in certain ways, I am awake. You know, who's to say? But you are still experiencing a world in which these things are going on. So is it that collectively a mass of us have to wake up? Or are there multidimensional universes? And in one universe that's happening, there's where my mind goes. Like, I see that now is it. And then, okay, so if now is it, then why... Can I just snap and <laughs> everything is, you know, put in order? Well, you can. Uh, you see, this is the thing. I mean, later on in the show, when Thomas Brown uh, joins you, you can absolutely ask him questions on parallel universes and inter, oh, inter, okay. All right. and in, in, entangled timelines because this is stuff we talk about at great length and have, I believe, mm-hmm. a fairly good take. But the point being this, it's a matter of calibration. It's a matter of, of densification of focus. And if, if one is a, a, a fully enlightened being, then absolutely what that being is, is experiencing is going to be vastly different uh, from somebody who's uh, lying in the slums of, of Calcutta. There's no question right. about it. But it's not so much that one can change what is extant in the third density temporal world but one can absolutely change the way one views what is in the third density temporal world so it's not that you can necessarily change 
the what's happening in front of you, but you change your, your attitude toward it and how you view it. And I, by, by that, what I mean is this, is that there is an exquisite beauty to suffering. Now, I need to be very careful when I say things like this. Mm-hmm. There is an exquisite geometry. Let's not say beauty. There is an exquisite geometry to suffering at a certain level of the evolution of soul. It is mm-hmm. needful. It is absolutely necessary and is absolutely anchored in right action. But that is at a particular point. When we, when we enter what is known as bodhisattva state, uh, which is when one is effectively gifting one's um, expression to the world, and one is extending oneself toward the world over and above what one needs to do in order to fulfill karma or dharma, that's a different, a different aspect altogether. And I think we all fire that state of grace in, 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 in the tradition of the Master Jesus, in the tradition of Gautama Buddha, in the tradition of, uh, of, of many of the great saints and sadhus and uh, mystics of old, where we are gifting our time, our expression, empathic form to this world in order to assist it on its own collective uh, upward uh, uh, spiral of evolution. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm aware also of the intention experiments that have been gone on around the planet. Lynn Taggart talks of them, and so here you are, and you're putting forth this. Um, I would say, yeah, let's go with flame of truth, and as that flame is passed to our listeners or they may have, they have their own flame as we ignite each other's flames. Isn't that the way that the new earth will be birthed? Yes, it is entirely correct. It is a phase conjugation or a, a coherence and an alignment of that quanta of pure truth. Because when one is standing inside one's truth, one is naturally actualized. And one, one is activated sovereignty. One is able in that state of grace, inner grace, to see the distinction between the living and the fictitious. To be able to then navigate through a world absolutely um, uh, suffused with, with treachery and with fools and with, with bogeymen and with technocracy and, and wrong entanglement. So you can navigate through the chaos and the pandemonium of the modern world in that state of grace and undo that entanglement uh, by virtue of that state of grace. But you're absolutely correct that it's the alignment of that quanta because that quanta within you can fear and that quanta uh, within Richard Hoagland, that quanta within Thomas J. Brown and that quanta within myself is the same quanta. And that's the point. That's the unified, that's the unified uh, principle or the principle of prior unity. Mm-hmm. And this is where I feel like it's so important that we acknowledge that because the programming that's put out there by the media is to dumb us down and to, to make us feel like we don't have it, we're enough, we're not it. And it's so critical that we step forward and own our light and be willing to let it shine. And, you know, all the media is bent on you know, you're sick, you're going to get this headache, you got, you, you're going to lose your job, it's going to happen. And our minds are just caught up in this frenzy. And anytime one of us can stand and be quiet and be still in the middle of that frenzy, we can be an anchor to peace and uh, 
open the way, I think, for the others. We can light each other's light, but it's so important that we not back down, that we not own our smallness, that we own our divinity, that we own the expansive being that we are. That's right. And that comes down to apprehending the tyranny of the petty tyrant. That comes mm-hmm. down to apprehending the officialdom, the bureaucrats and the technocrats and the constabularies, the police, the military, the people who are wearing costumes and working at the behest of the fictions. And we have got to make that distinction. Every moment of our lives must be saturated with the distinction of the living and the dead, the living and the fictitious. Because once we truly get that, we will not be paying taxes because we know that to do so is to engage blood economy, is to be perpetrating that sacrifice of innocence ourselves, that at the soul level we are interminably contaminating ourselves into endless feedback loops of karma and dharma of, of, by, by this wrong action of paying tribute to Caesar, of paying taxes. So this is where it comes down to the nitty-gritty, and most people get uncomfortable because they want to sit in an armchair and they want to have the psycho-intellectual or philosophical conversations about sovereignty and about right action as it relates to manifesting change in the world. But they categorically do not want to be on the front line, and they do not want to have their head in the noose, and they do not want to open the door when the tax man is knocking on the door asking, why did you not submit the film, the, the form and fill it out with your block black capital uh, 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 letters. <clears throat> and you see, this is where it comes down to the wire, where self-actualization and stepping into the flame of tr- pure truth engenders only right action, because you know that you cannot but engage right action. If you have a business and you're a merchant, you're conducting business, absolutely pay taxes, absolutely pay commercial taxes, corporation taxes, merchant taxes. That is right action, that is proper. That was always written into the program of mercantile transactions and exchange. But personal income tax, absolutely not. Do not pay one dime to Caesar because it is a criminal offense against yourself that you are perpetrating. You are thereby sanctioning the the fiction of your own birth bond, of the registrations that you were indentured into, and you were the one promulgating the fiction against yourself and offering yourself up for sacrifice because that's exactly what it comes down to. Not just energetically, but actually in factuality, you are sacrificing yourself onto the altar of Moloch by, uh, by paying taxes uh, to Caesar, to the crown or to the state. And I can go into the science of that and the, the micro and macro economics of that at great length, but I think you understand the gist of what I've just said. Well, I do, Sasha, and I just want to share with our audience that I believe, Sasha, that you're heading into the um, question of sovereignty, which in itself is a whole nother show. And um, right now you touched on some things that many in our audience would not have the background to to really embrace it. But if they had the background and the education, then it would make sense to them. And um, I look forward to doing another show on just that, if if you're willing. <laughs> be delighted so. to do that. And I'll bring in a couple of world experts to join me on that. And curiously mm-hmm. enough, uh, our science uh, director and um, intellectual guru, Thomas Brown, who's joining the show later, is also an expert on this, uh, this uh, subject. So Tom mm-hmm. would probably be pulled in by me to that call as well. But indeed, well, I, could, I, could, I could even bring in a, a paramount chief from Africa, um, a Cherokee, 
some of the uh, hereditary leaders uh, in the world who can speak, the Maori in, in New Zealand, who can speak at great length to the subject uh, firsthand, and they are the alpha and omega in their own part of the world. So I'd be happy to help galvanize that kind of uh, participation in your show. Oh, that'd be really exciting and very informative. It's a, it's a topic that I would say 95% of the average American citizen is totally unaware of and not their fault, not their fault. It's carefully hidden. Um, here it's very carefully hidden. And if you take one step this way or that way, you you're down the wrong path. You're down a rabbit hole. So can I anyway, just can see yeah. that I just mm -hmm. wanted to make another point, And that is that although it is true that the, the mainstream gestalt or the zeitgeist of North America has been so inoculated against reality uh, to a great extent, I have to also say, absolutely that the greatest minds the greatest heart mind synthesis the greatest thinking the greatest activism the greatest actualization in the world in the human family is also coming through north america so it is it, it's it's you know it's almost as though the diamond is being fashioned in the coal uh mm -hmm. in the bowels of in the bowels of ignominy in the in the united states and i'm eternally grateful to my brothers and sisters in, in north america for thank being, you being I appreciate that. We're at break. We are in conversation with Satya Stone. And the topic tonight is 5G, the extinction event. When we come back, we're going to introduce our other guest, Thomas J. Brown. And we'll be back after the break. member benefits. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Search the archives of over 180 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support the broadcaster to provide you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. The other side of midnight.com. Welcome back to the other side of midnight.com. This is Kinthea filling in for Richard C. Hoagland. Our guest tonight is Satya Stone and Thomas Joseph Brown. Um, Thomas Joseph Brown, affectionately known as Tom the Wizard, is a NEU fellow. That would be the New Earth University fellow on the faculty serving as director of spiritual science 
doing research in spiritual sciences and metaphysics. Just another human questioning reality on our planet. His main interest is comprehending the archetypal structures of metaphysical and scientific systems of both Occidental and Oriental seeking common forms and functions. Once ever-evolving spiritual proprioception in the midst of the matrix. Currently, he's producing videos incorporating symbolic structures and extraordinary scientific relationships indicative of higher creative functions in the universe. Tom's interests include Goethe's theory of color, cosmological biology, oh, botany, apologies, cosmological botany, anthropocentrism, applications of sacred geometry to the evolution of technology, formation of elements as spiritual functions, Virajana mandala as map of reality and wandering the beach. Wonderful. Welcome, Tom. How are you? Oh, welcome, Kintia. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I so, there with a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if our audience knows, but both of you are in Bali, and every once in a while we hear a rooster in the background or something. It's delightful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the occasional scooter going by. Right, but, um, right. Yeah, no, thank you for having me on. It's wonderful. I've been listening to the first part with Sasha, so, um, yeah, see if I can keep up with his eloquence. Okay. Well, I'd like to find out from you what brought you to Sasha and this work that with the 5G, it's a, it's an interesting journey, and I always like to know what is the uh, essence that moved you in this direction. Okay, well, I mean, I've been interested in natural phenomena all my life, um, and it wasn't on there. But I ran a research foundation in the 1980s and 1990s called Borderland Sciences Research Foundation. Um, it was started in 1945. I took it over 85, ran to 95 when I moved to New Zealand for family reasons. And we researched, um, you know, basically everything from radionics, you know, subtle energy healing to Tesla physics to biogeometric access to the ethers along the lines of Wilhelm Reich's cloud busting work, but advancing it. So, and one of the things we looked at even back then was the effects of electricity on the human system mm. or even what or even what electricity is, you know, people are unconscious as to even what it is. You know, there's these different theories. Well, it's electrons going down wires. You know, we've shown in the lab that it's not electrons going down wires. When you get electrons in the circuit, you get heat and light. But there's no electrons going down those wires, up running up and down the roads, crisscrossing the, the planet. So, yeah, look, at what is electricity? You know, Rudolf Steiner had a lot to say on that. And um, I gave a Steiner quote in our 5G apocalypse video. You know, he was talking about in 1924, how now people could get news from across the world instantly, but the effect of the radio waves on the atmosphere was such to damp down humans' intelligence so they couldn't comprehend it as well anymore. So that was 24. And you know, we basically come up to now, 5G's coming out. You know, 5G is unique, but we, we already have massive problems with the electrical system already that people don't realize. You know, if we even just look at cell phones, like cell phone companies, they do tests. They hold the phone away from the body. 
test thermal heating and go, well, there's no real thermal heating. That's that these things are safe. But there's non-thermal effects, you know, maybe like a million times weaker. They're causing profound effects of DNA damage. Um, yeah, just a whole list of biological effects that are being caused by this, you know, including the um, diminishing of consciousness and intelligence across the planet. What makes 5G unique um, is the intensity of it and the bandwidth. But I was just came across something yesterday about um, insects are getting fevers from 5G because their antennas are picking it up, right? Oh. So we have to. So if we look at nature, right? What is nature? You mentioned cosmological botany. If we look at plants, what are plants? Their antennas, which are basically absorbing all these different aspects of like the life ether contained in the solar energy coming into earth they're all reaching up to get this energy to live on you can see them just go outside and look it's not too hard unless you live in a city but still try anyway um so of course everything's antenna yard system is they say our eye can see one photon um and you know when it's sensitive you know we can hear the minutest sound we're so sensitive to these natural vibrations and these electrical vibrations, which have been reaching a crescendo now going into the 5G rollout, are absolutely unprecedented in the history of humanity and the history of biological life on this planet. So we truly have no idea what's going to happen. But we already see the insects dying off. You know, we know we're in the sixth mass extinction. Yep. Well, if I may, I'd like to point out to our listeners that on the page, uh, 5G apocalypse the extinction event image number 22 and 23 22 shows the five the uh, smart meter surrounded by this bush of leaves and the area that's closest to the smart meter the leaves are like dead 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 and then in 23 it's the uh the uh, event where hundreds of birds uh in the netherlands and hog fell dead just out of the sky from the 5g experiment more more seriously than that i think you'll find in bristol university um uh does uh, over two dozen uh, students uh, we understand committed suicide in a very short span of time mark Steele, um our expert um weapon development expert uh, chap speaks to this at some length but that's an interesting uh, story for people to look into. That, that happened in the United Kingdom when purportedly the 5G was test bedded over Bristol, the town of Bristol. Oh. That's an extraordinary... I, I honestly believe that that may be the smoking gun for mass class action in the United Kingdom. Um, it's a desperately serious story. I hadn't right. heard that one. That's devastating. I've got chills all over me. Yeah. Hmm. It, well, if I could speak to, to what you said and about the smart meters and the dying um, trees or leaves around it. This mm-hmm. gets into mentioned in my bio, cosmological botany. Now, this is a big idea, but it's very important because if we're going to progress past, you know, the kind of present state we're in, we need to look at these bigger ideas. And what this is in cosmological botany, we look at the relationship of the planets and plant morphology. That is the shapes of plants are regulated by the way the planets move in our solar system in relationship to Earth. Now, there was a researcher in England, um, this is germane to the uh, smart meter thing, um, 
Lawrence Edwards. He did years of study on plant bud shapes in relation to outer planets and the moon. And he could actually show, measure, he'd measure them through the months and show how the moon would actually affect. the. And when the planets like Saturn, Jupiter, or Mars would come into alignment with the moon every month, then that's when the buds of different species would come into their perfect shape. Now, what was interesting is he had one bush that he was testing, one tree, and it wasn't responding. And it finally dawned on him that there was a high-voltage transformer right by it. Oh. See, so there's, these, there's much more subtle, finer vibrations connecting us to the universe and our higher selves. This electricity is more than just causing some basic biological damage, cancers, you know, sperm damage, low birth rate, et cetera. You know, long list would take us more than this show to read through the whole list but there's much finer more intense connections with the cosmos which are part of our birthright that's what we're here for you know not Mm -hmm. to be sort of wage slaves and you know like sasha said filling out forms with block letters like we're idiots um you know we're children of the universe we should wake up and understand these things and this electrification of the planet is probably one of the biggest um, problems facing humanity overall, not just 5G. That's waking people up. And maybe right. that's... Well, you know... Go ahead. No, no, I'm done. Go ahead. Well, uh, image 17 shows blood before and after being exposed to to the um, radiation. And you, you can see the before exposure, what the healthy bl- blood cells look like. And then you can see after just two minutes, how they start changing and morphing. And then also in um, the other image, let me see here, uh, fifth, number 16, the, it's to speaking of the microbes, like our, our bodies, we're not just, you know, people think, oh, I'm a person, but we're not. We're a collective of microbial beings, you know, trillions of them. And those subtle microbial beings are creating the life that we experience of who we are, but they're affected by all these waves that you're speaking about. Cynthia, I'd like to speak a little bit on the subject. If we could just hold the subject on the microbe for a while. Thank you. So this has been the core focus of the 5G apocalypse film, um, was really trying to get folks to understand this side to the story for a number of reasons. You're absolutely right to say that um, we are largely microbial. In fact, if you want to break it down, um, we are less than 1% human at the level of uh, cellular DNA. At the level of cellular DNA, we are 99 point some percent microbial cellular DNA, uh, which has been assigned by uh, modern science um, in in its idiocy as junk DNA. So the effective operating system of the human being and not just of the human being but every mammal on earth in fact every sentient creature on the face of the earth as well as the oceans the soil and the air those things are made up 99.9 some percent of microbial cellular dna so this tells us that when science when modern science or the governments and the standards agencies are telling uh, us that, oh, no, we've conducted uh, tremendous amounts of research and human DNA is more or less unscathed by, you know, 2G, 3G, 4G, whatever. Um, 
they may or may not be more or less speaking to the truth there. Human DNA is incredibly resilient. It's not the point. The point is that certainly with the onset of 5G um, uh, frequencies, uh, the ones that weaponize in any event, we're talking about a takedown of the operating system of Earth, of Gaia, of the microbial flora and fauna of humans, mammals, insects, um, plants, uh, 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 the oceans, the air, and the soil. So that is how desperately serious this matter is. And that is the, the piece that we wanted to really imprint in the 5G apocalypse film to get people to understand uh, how important microbial DNA is uh, in, the, in the world that we live in, in the biosphere. It's immense. It's immense. And even like where you were talking about the insects and their antennas being burned, you know, with no bees, what? No fruit, no vegetables. <laughs> you know, it's obvious. We, you know, we can't be killing. If it's doing that to the insects, what is it doing to, to the microbial organisms within us that digest our food? There goes our immune systems. Eviscerating. Yeah. Exactly right. It's eviscerating them. And how many people now are being diagnosed with immune deficiencies? Well, you know, look at the exposure that we're getting to all these kinds of uh, radiation. And Thea, let's break it down. If, if there are 7.5 billion people purportedly on the surface of the earth, I can tell you that 7.5 billion people are now suffering from autoimmune deficiency syndrome when it comes down to it. Tooth rot is autoimmune deficiency syndrome. A headache is autoimmune deficiency syndrome. Everything that blights the human condition in terms of pain and suffering um, is, and disease is connected to the same thing, a breakdown of the microbiome of the human being, which is a, refle a refraction of the breakdown of the microbiome of the earth. So in, re in reclaiming ourselves and engaging the regenesis program of humanity and of this earth, we need to acknowledge the fact that human beings are the line in the sand. We are the living technology that is the line in the sand, but we've been engineered, programmed, desecrated, defiled, downgraded, sliced and diced, all of the above. Now it's simply time for us to actualize uh, within self because you then also activate a whole different sequence uh, of physics, of subtle reality that opens up and, and changes the, the, the geometry of the atoms, the geometry of the ethers change. Consciousness becomes the critical thing. I just wanted to plant that there because we do need to take this apocalyptic and Armageddon-like scenario into its true narrative, which is one of the ascension story, one of the upgrading of Homo sapien and of this earth. Oh, I just breathe a sigh of relief to think that, that this in some way is serving. It's like the fertilizer for new consciousness. Indeed. That's exactly it. Hmm. And, Thank you and, for that. Yeah, and, and looking at the microbiome, I mean, it's in humans, um, but it's, all, it's everywhere. It's in plants. And the humans, right, it's controlling our um, immune functions, our neurological functions. You know, our mood is based on, you know, serotonin being made in the intestinal flora, as well as other neurotransmitters. Um, you know, our taste, our taste for food, it basically controls us. You know, and like Sasha was saying, you know, we're really more microbe than human in our actions, but the human shell is basically the host, we could say, and it's almost our human ego is what separates us. But if we look at plants, plants have the same microbiome throughout them. 
controls their photosynthetic processes, controls the uh, communication functions with the mycelium, you know, the fungal networks underground, the same way it you know, works with our neurological functions. Um, and the deepest that they've gone into the earth, they still find microbes. As we go up in the upper stratosphere, there's rivers of bacteria and viruses moving around um, through the atmosphere. We've got more viruses than anything. Our virome, I okay, man, we got 300 trillion viruses in us or something. That's, we have, that's the most of everything we have. So the microbiome, as we want to call it, is everywhere. We're just part of it. We, you know, we, have, we carry our consciousness, our activity within it. Um, and this electrification of the planet is affecting it everywhere, not just in us, but in the plants, in the animals, insects, everywhere. So we do have serious problems here, but we also have an opportunity be, by becoming aware of this that we can work towards solutions collectively. Mm. You know, I want to share with our listeners that uh, a few weeks ago we had a show called As Above, So Below, and uh, Dr. Michael Thorpe, the show was about microbials. <laughs> so if you want to know more, <laughs> check that show out, too. And um, let's see here. I know that uh, there have been so many researchers that have come together and are petitioning for some sanity with our government. Would either of you like to speak on that? Tom can go first. Okay. Um, are you expecting sanity from them? Um, I think the way the system is set up is is the only reason that they'll act in honor is when they're actually forced to by the sheer weight of people standing up. Uh, that, you know, mm-hmm. there's no way. That's why you know, looking at um, you know, so I was just talking about you know, taxes earlier. A lot of people, you know, refuse to pay taxes on the ground that they don't owe them and that they have. You know, but and no matter how right they are, and they are right, if you go and investigate the laws, the system will still roll over you unless you get enough people to stand up. So I think petitioning the government is a good thing, but it has to be done at a level where they notice. You know, you know, you've, you've got a million signatures on something in the United States. Nobody's really going to care too much. You know, you need maybe 100 million to be nice. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. A third of the population would be great. But um, I, I need to just drop in here, Kinthea, that we're doing a seven-day New Earth Festival in Bali, Indonesia, uh, between the 19th and the 25th of June, which is exactly a month away um, from today, pretty much. Um, within that seven-day festival, we have a three-day World Health Sovereignty Summit being staged. We have in excess of 25, 26 um, international speakers uh, coming in to speak on everything from GMOs to 5G to weaponization of the biosphere, weaponization of healthcare, and and so on. Um, Sean Stone is is going to be coming out to help moderate this with me. Uh, Tom Brown is giving his great big lecture on the planetary biome, um, which is just unmissable. Um, we're going to be announcing some radical solutioneering for the existential threats facing both people and planets. Anyone wishing to look in on this can go to uh, www.newearthfestival.com and uh, there's a breakdown there of what's taking place. We also have the International Tribunal for Natural Justice, justices, bishops, and commissioners flying in uh, to seat the court for two days. 
to initialize uh, a judicial commission of inquiry into weaponization of the biosphere. So that whilst we have so many of these uh, uh, speakers on the international uh, speakers and academics and scientists on the subject, they can uh, give their testimony uh, to, the, uh, to the bench at the same time. And that judicial commission uh, will be a precursor to uh, initializing intelligent responses to uh, governments and to agencies. And uh, though I'm talking about the big agencies who are variously involved uh, wittingly in some cases, unwittingly in others, with the threat against humanity. So uh, you've started with the United Nations. I'm a former director general in the IGO sector of the UN. I know a little bit about uh, that kind of politicking. And I also know a great deal about the, um, the, the, the uh, systemic corruption um, behind the engineering of the multilateral organizations in the world. So the World Health Organization, the AMA, the FDA, the CDC, the um, EPA, all of these agencies, which are mandated, mandated by people of the world uh, to protect and serve, um, are invariably now the agencies and the uh, quote-unquote health and standards um, and compliance agencies and authorities which are the ones promulgating the threat against people and planet. They are the ones fast-tracking, cheerleading the poisoning of human beings, the poisoning of food, the poisoning of the oceans, the poisoning of the air. Of course, that's where 5G comes in. So I just want to draw attention to the fact that 19th and 25th of June, we are absolutely mustering enormous resources and reserves and academic and intellectual um, acumen to draw that line in the sand. And uh, fortuitously, we have a great many powerful uh, leaders as well coming in. I'm not able to drop those names. Um, it wouldn't be proper, but I can tell you that we have some very powerful international leadership turning up on the day. All of this is going to be filmed and streamed and certainly after the event uh, will be white, very widely syndicated. Um, so that's the good news, is that we are beginning to come together in a very, very cogent, dynamic and impactful way. And no, we are not afraid of these uh, risible threats um, against us. We all know how many uh, naturopaths and uh, doctors and uh, good researchers have been murdered um, over recent years as it relates to um, standing up against um, cancer against uh, uh, pharmaceutical industries and so on, uh, but notwithstanding, we're moving ahead with our plans nonetheless. I think this is wonderful, and I'm putting up the uh, link as we speak so that yeah, our listeners will be able to get this information. I, I, I'm so glad to hear that there is some focus on solutions because it's not about just terrifying everybody, and it is pretty terrifying. To me, it's terrifying what's going on out there. And so I'm, I'm really happy to put out anything that is offering a solution. Right, and to, to some of your, your uh, listeners will doubtless be aware of the iconic um, Edward G. Griffin. He is coming out as well um, to participate in the festival, the summit, and the seatings, and so is uh, the iconic Jim Humble. Uh, godfather of, of uh, MMS, um, uh, chlorine dioxide. Um, I'm sure a great many of your listeners will be aware of that as well. So we've got a, a, a lot of great names and faces turning up for this. Wonderful. Uh, 
let's see here. We have just a few minutes before the break, so I don't want to go too deep in something else. Um, we well, could go. Go ahead. You, oh, you I was leave. just like you were talking about. You know, this this thing make big it can terrify people. Well, in a sense, it is terrifying, but um, it's a good way to wake up too, because you know we're the um, authors of our own nightmares and our own positive futures if we so choose. We have the ability to change this. It's awareness and you know discussions like we're having here. This is what does move us forward. Um, it's hard, you know. People are very conditioned. We can talk about this maybe in the second hour. That you know the conditioning and why people can't really break out and see this. Um, I think that's really important to understand. So it's good to keep spreading the information and don't put it out in a terrifying sense. It might scare at first, but we are solutions oriented. But we have to. You know, the doctor's got to, you know, maybe excise something to get to the cure. Um, so, yeah, we need to look at both sides. One of the greatest molecular biologists alive, um, uh, 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 Dr. Marco Ruggiero, MD, PhD, uh, features in 5G Apocalypse, the film, toward the end. And I, I very much urge people to listen to what he has to say. This is a man who spent over three decades studying junk DNA and understanding what microbial cellular DNA is and the microbiome. Um, and if you want to get into the science uh, of, of the solution, um, he's talking about how we can manipulate microbes in order to um, counter all the threats against the biome. It's, we're, we're at that point in, in advanced medical science. Let's refer to it loosely as quantum, the quantum biological breakthrough. But that certainly is something we're going to be illustrating um, to, great, uh, to a great extent during the World Health Sovereignty Summit here in the, at the New Earth Festival. That's wonderful news. That's really wonderful news. I want to let our audience know that if you refresh your browser on the show page, 5G Apocalypse, an extinction event, number 25 is the link to the New Earth Festival where you can find out all about it. And hopefully you'll get to go. And I so appreciate the, the solutions-oriented thing. And... And the reminder always that the power is within us. It's not outside of us. Thank you for that, Tom. I don't want to terrify anyone, but. <laughs> I, I'm somewhat terrified, but I'm doing the best I can. Be, you know, yeah. <laughs> terrified, with a, terrified with a smile because I do believe we have the ability to find the answers. So it, it's good to you know, be aware of something, you know, if you go. Maybe terrified wasn't the right word. Maybe just um, very aware, um, which it, to a jolting sense. Well, it's a great, it's a delightful wake-up call. I mean, for me, 5G is the, such a tremendous blessing, the threat of it, because it's really galvanizing the right kind of attention uh, from grassroots to leadership all around the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and I like what you were saying about it activating... Uh, propelling humanity into another, hmm, how shall we say, a quantum, a, re, a reorganization of all our structures, a, a, re, ooh, a re-imaging of what humanity is. Re-imaging is a beautiful term. I think that's entirely appropriate, that term, yeah. <laughs> and, and it manifests in matter. So it is. Okay, break time. 
theothersideofmidnight.com. Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hoagland and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com.